Hello and welcome to Runway Girl Network in Conversation, a deep dive into aviation and the passenger experience. I'm RGN Deputy Editor John Walton, and today I'm in conversation with Nick Lucas from InFlight Feed as we talk about all things catering. But first, thanks to our sponsor. In Conversation is brought to you by Bolteron, a Simona company, purveyor of high-performance thermoplastics for tomorrow's aircraft interiors. Next time you settle into your seat on an airplane and pull the window shade closed, consider the colour, thinness and opacity of that material, designed precisely to keep the sunlight out so you can rest. That's Bolteron. Learn more at B-O-L-T-A-R-O-N dot com. Now, Nick, welcome to In Conversation. Thanks for having me, John. I'm very excited to be here today. Well, and we're talking about one of my favourite topics, in-flight food. What's new in the world of, of what we eat on the plane? Oh, there's lots happening at the moment. Um, I guess one of the biggest uh, top hot topics is um, sustainability, and we'll probably delve into that um, you know, during our conversation. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that I'm finding really interesting at the moment as well. Um, you know, just how much can we do in terms of, you know, both recycling, uh, in terms of reuse, and then, of course, in terms of avoiding waste. Let's break things down a little bit further to start with. Um, it seems to me there's a real distinction to be made between what low-cost carriers are doing in terms of food and then what full-service airlines are doing. Let's let's start with LCCs. What's what's new in that world? So with the LCCs, there's a big. What I've seen is there's a really big push for the design actually of the in-flight menu to really entice the passenger as soon as they're they're on the aircraft and they're rummaging through the uh, seat back and having a look at what's available. Um, there's also quite a number of airlines, uh, low-cost airlines, that are now moving into the the pre-order meal. Um, spectrum so to speak um you know you can um pre-order now with um easyjet with ryanair and predominantly these kind of pre-order meals you could only get if you were flying you know with austrian or with um say klm who were some of the first to come out with these upgraded meals in economy class um the there's also quite a bit of uh competition between onboard and airports and i'm noticing that you know, generally the price points on board aren't always um, the, the best value, but I'm seeing a lot more sort of value deals being offered to passengers to kind of entice them to spend their, their money on board. So what are these new meal types like, the ones that, that sort of evolved from the, the Austrian KLM kind of, uh, kind of model? What does that look like on the plane? Um, look, uh, when we're talking LCCs, it's nothing compared to what you'll get if you're paying your 15 euros flying with Austrian. I I, I should work in their PR department. I absolutely love the Do & Co pre-order meals. Um, I think they're some of the best high-spec, um, uh, fantastic value meal that you can get, for, you know, paid for in economy class. Uh, if you're flying with EasyJet, you're probably pre-ordering a bacon baguette, so slightly different but at least you're getting your first choice. Um, I'm sort of, I'm flying with American Airlines, not really an LCC, but they sort of operate an LCC model domestically within the States. And I was able to actually pre-order a meal uh, with them for a flight in about two and a half weeks time. So it's quite interesting to see that some of the so-called full service carriers are also uh, doing this as well. Yeah, it's it's been really interesting for me, sort of being based in Europe, um, to watch the US carriers go very much um to the to the buy on board model, right? Um I mean not I think since Continental has anyone offered a, a, a full meal on board. Is 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 that is that right? 
Um, I, I'm not familiar with what Continental did back way back. Oh, I mean, it's a long time ago now, isn't it? God, yeah. Showing our age. I know, here. I know. I remember flying them in um, 88 from Melbourne to Honolulu, and I still remember the potato gems that I had in my economy class, and I was nine years old. So, <laughs> um, no, look, I mean, again, these meals in the States, they're not as as fantastic as what you'd get say here in Europe or even in Asia I think I've managed to order like uh, maybe a cheese platter and a salad or a sandwich or something um, Delta years ago years and years ago I think maybe 2012 2013 had their dine-up program which was uh, and I think it was created by a company called Air Meals if I'm, I'm not mistaken and they were proper meals but that I, I, I haven't seen much about that I think that was just kind of put to an end a couple of years ago and no one's um, really talked about it since. Interestingly enough, though, I mean, you have airlines like Air Callan and Sri Lankan Airlines who are now offering economy class the option to upgrade their meal. Um, and even Malaysia Airlines now in economy class are um, offering on to, to passengers on flights from KL to London the option to pre-order their main meal, their free main meal that they're going to have in economy class. And, and what does that look like in practice? Is it the business class meal on an economy class tray or is it something entirely different? No, it's just your standard um, economy class meal, um, you know, chicken or fish, and you basically pre-order it before um, you you fly. But it's only on the KL to LHR uh, flights. And I believe Qantas have also been doing that for a little while with the um, snack on queue program that they have so you can also pre-order your uh, main meal in economy class they're the only i could be mistaken but they're the only airlines i know of that are offering your free meal in economy class um, to be pre-ordered before you jump on the flight and what's the benefit of that for the passenger i mean how, how does it work do, do you do you get served at the same time as they bring out all the special meals so before the trolley starts rolling i believe so yes um, it guarantees your your meal option. I mean, imagine if you're not a frequent flyer, you zero status, and they've popped you down in row 105 right near the toilet. By the time the crew get down to you, normally you don't have an option. So it's nice for the passenger to be able to have that option. But I think what we're looking at here is um, airlines and caterers working together to reduce wastage on board. Um, obviously to give people what they want, but at the end of the day, it's the caterer and the airline that are probably benefiting the most here. Yeah, no, no, fair enough. Um, let's, let's just sort of jump back a bit quickly to the, to the world of LCCs, because um, I've noticed this sort of slightly shinier, slightly snazzier menu going on. Um, how do you structure a menu if you're an LCC? Do you, do you want, you know, do you go to your caterer and say, I would like um, X sandwiches, Y paninis um, and a wild assortment of, of long life snacks. How does that process work? Yeah, look, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a lengthy process. I think most uh, LCCs are working on their, uh, what are we now? Uh, they're working on their summer menus probably in the next month because they will be coming out sort of April, May next year. Um, you know, that, that feels very, a very positive and delightful thing to be doing in October, you know, sort of planning, <laughs> planning for the next warm season. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, but what they'll generally do is, I mean, I think, right, and now I, I could be misquoting Ryanair here, but I believe that they once tweeted that they were one of the biggest sellers of ham and cheese paninis in Europe. 
Um, I'm not sure if that's true or not. But anyway, um, basically, look, what an airline will do is they will work with their um, in-flight catering concessionaire, whoever they're dealing with. You know, there's a couple in the industry. There's three or four I, I can think of right away here in Europe. And they, um, they will work with their in-flight caterer to kind of give them the specs that they're looking for. So the price point for each of the items, they'll look at their previous um, sales history. They will cull products that are not selling well. They'll probably keep the ones that are, that, are, that are selling well and maybe even increase the loadings of those on the aircraft if they're sort of running out of stock because a lot of airlines are now tracking. Um, the crew can even tell the airline that um, a particular product has, um, you know, was, was a missed sale, so to speak. So they'll work with the caterer with their price points. They'll do their taste testing. They'll do a couple of um, like menu presentations and then they'll decide on the, on the final product. Most of the time, um, the products, they're either looking at what the best sellers are in um, what you and I are buying at the supermarket perhaps, um, like the sort of the top 10 SKUs. Um, otherwise, um, they also get, I, I mean, I, I hear from, airline um, buyers, in-flight catering buyers from airlines and also caterers that they get, they have, they're having a lot of people that are pitching their products to them all the time. So you might find that they might trial a product and then decide it that doesn't work so they kind of delist it. Um, it's quite interesting to see how they operate and there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that when you're sitting there at 35,000 feet, you don't really think about all these things that are going on. But there's there's a big process and it takes a really long time. And um, I sort of understand why they have the price points that they do. At the same time, I also think there's a lot of airlines that perhaps could be offering us better value for money as well. Yeah, I mean, and what does that better value for money look like to you? Is it better things for the existing money or is it just simply cheaper stuff? Um, I think better quality in the product, uh, but, but that's just me. I mean, I, you know, I flew with Scoot, for example, from Athens to Singapore last year. A pre-order meal on, on, on their flight was 35 euros. And for that price, I got one hot meal and a drink and a little chocolate snack bar in the first service. And the second service, I was handed a vegetarian panini. Now, to me, that doesn't really seem like good value at all. I think about the do and co meal that I paid half, less than half um, what I paid with Scoot. And I would, and I definitely got value in that meal and a much better passenger experience as well. I think things like that perhaps probably leave a bad taste in passengers um, mouth. I don't know for me anyway, it was, it was quite disappointing. Other people may think it's quite acceptable, but I, I also understand that an aircraft has limited space in the galleys and they've got to get, the margins that they need on the products that they've got in those carts. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating to hear you say that. Um, you know, last time I flew Scoot was ooh, a good few years ago now. Um, but I flew in economy from um, Sydney to Singapore. You know, that sort of actually quite nice sort of long afternoon flight. Um, and I thought the food was pretty good and relatively well priced. So they've, they've obviously changed up their model. I mean, it wasn't anything super gourmet, right? But it was well thought out in terms of what you, the, the sort of food that you put on the plane. So it was like a, a, a really nice braised chicken, a sort of really flavorful sauce with some little like mini eggs. I'm assuming they were either quail eggs or sort of not really quail eggs, but sort of a, a chicken egg reformed into a thing that looks like a quail egg or something. Um, yeah, it was it was it was super good. So that's it's really interesting that they've that they've gone 
um, well, not exactly down market, but they've they've you know been sort of playing the idiot with pricing because I'm sorry, thirty five, thirty five. Did you say thirty five dollars, sing dollars? Thirty five euros. So yeah, look, uh, thirty five you know. euros. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, no. Nah. They're following what Norwegian have been doing, and you know, I again, I don't think Norwegian or Scoot offer the passenger a great. I think it's a, a basic di- uh, dining experience that you pay a lot for and a lot of people decide to go without. And I just mm-hmm. kind of think, well, if you, um, if I was the airline, I'd be trying to, if it was my airline, I'd be trying to offer better value because at the end of the day, you're going to get more sales. But, you know, maybe that, they don't have the room for it. And, and, and like I said before, they've got to take what they can get. Yeah. So if they're not doing a great job, who is in the LCC um, world? LCC world, who's doing great? I'm. I love Pegasus, um, Turkish, um, the Turkish-based LCC. Again, they work with Do and Co. So and have been for years. So they have um, a scaled-down version of what you will get on Austrian. I think on board you can pay about ten or eleven euro for a similar meal to the Austrian kind of schnitzel that's quite famous. Oh, the famous uh, schnitzel. Yep. Yes, yes, and um, you know, you can even get it on board. You can pre-order it. I think if you pre-order, they give you about twenty percent off. Very good value for money. But again, it's Turkey, so you know you, you're going to get good value there. Um, other LCCs that I think are sort of doing well. I saw some. Uh, well, maybe uh, not really an LCC, but Air Europa had these bow buns on board last year, which I thought was really interesting. Because again, it's not something that you think about at thirty-five thousand feet. Oh, I'm going to have like a bao bun, or um, you know, even like the sushi that um, the sushi that um, Pegasus have as well. Interestingly enough, with the sushi, they'll only do it on flights X sort of Turkey because they want they need to maintain the freshness, and they obviously don't want to double cater their flights and have people sick on the way back into Turkey <laughs> because they're having sushi yeah. Yeah. been sitting on a plane all day. Um, that sort of stuff is. You know, when, when you see meals like that on LCCs, you kind of think, gosh, I wish some of the other guys didn't, but like, book profits aside and really thought about the passenger experience and, and what they can do. Um, one other airline, interestingly enough, not really an LCC, but, you know, Swiss out of Geneva. I don't know if you've, have you flown with them out of Geneva before? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have, you, have, you, have you sampled the, the in-flight menu? No, I haven't. It's, it's always been that sort of flight that's slightly too short for me to bother. Ah, Okay. So I sampled it in March this year, first time, and I think it had been flying for a little while. I can't remember when they launched because um, I, I was working in the industry up until two years ago and I sort of stopped. So I, I, I lose track of, of who's doing what. But um, they did have a fondue. They took it off. Unfortunately, I never got to, um, I never got to try it. But they have also one of the best barn board menus I've ever seen in Europe. Really high quality product in collaboration with one of the supermarkets here, Globus. Um, well priced for Swiss prices. I mean, that's not going to be the cheapest barn board that you're going to come across, but you're getting really good quality products. And I was really happy with um, what I had on board. I had a little um, cheese and sort of um, like a little tapas platter. And it was, and I got to take home with me the the wooden platter which had a Swiss um, aircraft sort of etched into it. Um, really nice. And and to be able to take something home like that also and have that memory of the flight. And every time I look at it in the kitchen, I kind of think, oh, nice. I remember that flight. 
Yeah, that reminds me of, um, so I was flying Finnair, um, I think late last year it was, out of Japan. And this was in business class, but they had, um, the, the, the starter was presented in this really gorgeous, almost balsa wood box, um, which absolutely, you know, you're supposed to take with you. And, um, and it's now sitting in my desk holding pencils, right? But every time I open it, I think, oh, yeah, I remember that flight, you know, and it's that sort of feeling of positivity towards the airline. So did the crew... Did the, did the crew let you take it home or did you just kind of slip it into your bag? Oh, I asked. I was like, oh. can I take this with me? And they said, yes, absolutely. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really nice. I mean, it's, it's obviously a sort of thing that, that could either be very easily disposed of slash burned slash recycled yes. or just taken home with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it's, but it's really good. Um, speaking of Japan, have you ever flown Peach? Yes, I have actually. And that's another, oh, you've just, yes. So there's, there's another LCC that does buy on board really well um i loved flying with them but it was about oh gosh about four years ago now yeah what i what i love about them is that so a they're osaka based and osaka is sort of japan's well one of japan's many sort of foodie capitals right Uh, but in particular it's a street food capital and that's the kind of thing that goes really well on uh, on a plane. So you've got things like uh, okonomiyaki, which are the um, savoury pancakes, mm-hmm. which actually reheat really well. And they have, um, in a very sort of traditional Japanese way, they have time-limited ones. It'll have the spring okonomiyaki, the summer okonomiyaki, and so on. Um, they also have the takoyaki, which are the sort of um, octopus in, um, in dough, um, mm-hmm. which are very Moorish. Um, but also, they're, they're really smart because they have you know, about 50 different things that you can buy that are peach flavoured, whether that's a, a peach chuhai, so it's like a sort of um, a peach alco pop, or um, a peach danish, or um, they have a special limited edition um, uh, kokoro, kororo, um, like there's these little sort of um, uh, almost sort of exploding gummy sweets, which are sort of only just jellified liquid. Um, and they're just, it's so, A, it's the kind of thing you can't get anywhere else. And if you enjoy the peach flavour, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also so well done with the, with the branding um, that, that, yeah, it, it, it's, it's always really fascinated me how well they do it. Oh, I, I still remember my flight. And when you were just talking about the Okonomiyaki, um, I believe that was with the restaurant chain Chibo it may have changed by now I'm not sure but I know that they partnered up with them and they had done quite a bit of testing in order to get that right for in flight and I remember having um I think it was winter so the peach sherbet wasn't on board but I had a peach um like a pink or purple eclair or something um yeah again you just you've just you've just taken me down memory lane actually that was one of the nicest buy on board LCC experiences I've had um, definitely in the t- in the top three look I mean Japan does a lot of things around travel really well so perhaps it's mm-hmm. unexpected or it's perhaps it's not unexpected um, but uh, moving across the world again and, and sort of edging slightly further towards the full service carrier side of things um, what's your thoughts on the on the British Airways menu now that that's had a, a year or so to bed down you know, I still haven't flown them, and I'm finally going to fly them, I think, in about two weeks. Um, I, I'm only doing a Zurich London, but I booked up the front just in order to, to see what they're serving in business class, and I've seen so many photos of the new Doon Co uh, meals. I was quite curious to check them out. I need to take a flight with them long haul. I think 
I'm not. I, I think if I'm if I'm correct, I think they were concentrating at the front of the aircraft first, and then going to move down to economy. I'm not sure if economy has actually launched yet, or if they've made many changes. Because I know that the pre-order meals, the upgrade meals, and economy class are still pretty much the same. But from what I've seen online, it's sort of fifty-fifty. A lot of people in economy are saying it's great. That I see. Full, I say big meal trays, which, you know, it's starting to sort of disappear and the trays are getting smaller and smaller. And I see a lot of snacks and a lot of sort of um, meal, a lot of food on the tray. But then I also see other people complaining. So it's, um, it's one that I, it's one, it's one airline that I'm, I'm really, I'd really like to jump on um, soon to, to check out an economy. Yeah, I mean, so on, on the Europe side of things, so I mean, obviously they've got the almost entirely different service concepts in Europe and then in uh, on long haul. Yeah. Um, I so <laughs> I've been flying for 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 various reasons a lot of British Airways. Like it seems like every time I have to fly long haul, I have to go through London at the moment, um, and so I I've, I've been flying it a lot. Um, it's so it was a huge step up from the old meal concept in, okay. in Club Europe, right, so the European business. That was just atrocious. I mean, it was, it was just awful. Um, this one is a lot better. Um, the basic concept is you get a little pot of a sort of salady, startery thing. Um, the, the, the quality and inventiveness has been going down a bit. So, like, it started off being, like, an interesting, um, uh, not just, like, a, a couscous or a, a pot of hummus with nothing to dip the hummus in, right? Um and then um, a main course, uh, usually chilled salad plate thing, um, mm-hmm. but actually really well done. Like they've been doing a lot of ploughman's lunch, which is that sort of British um, wedge of cheese, hunk of ham, maybe a half a Scotch egg um, and some salad. Um, and then a, and actually a, a really good um, little dessert pot of some form. Um, their, their tiramisu is actually remarkably good, especially if you um, uh, get, a, get, a, get them to brew a, a hot uh, and... Uh, hot and strong cup of coffee with it that works that was really well um but i actually i'm i almost prefer their buy on board food down the back um that marks and spencer's menu that they put together um what is it now a year or so ago actually really interesting um if you if you have a chance um i highly recommend that they have every um sort of autumn winter period they have a sort of christmas turkey sandwich um, that is absolutely fantastic always. I haven't had this year's yet, um, but absolutely something to, to take a look at. Um, and, and yeah, you know, sort of this, the kind of things that, that grown-ups still love and kids definitely love. So like Percy Pig, which are this sort of very <laughs> classic Marks and Spencer, notionally strawberry-flavoured gummy pig. Um, yeah, the, the, the kind of things that you like, you, you would never buy. Uh, in a in, on a normal day, but if you see it on an in-flight menu, you'll absolutely go for it, right? It's it's funny that you mentioned the Percy pigs because I had um, I get emails from people all the time as, as as you would you know with queries about oh I had this on the flight and can you find out what it was and one of the things was that they'd had this lolly and they didn't know what it was and they sent me perhaps maybe a picture or um, no they they told me what flight they were on and they said can you find out what that lolly was that was served to us on this particular flight. And I said, sure, I'll see what I can do. And I reached out to someone that I knew there. And within about a week, I got an answer back saying it was some Percy pig, some, some something or other. And then this person went online and bought a whole 
a whole lot of them and, and sent me an email saying, thanks so much. It was a surprise for someone and yada, yada. And I just thought, geez, it's so funny how we sort of get attached to particular things in flight. Um, I just wonder, though, if the, um, if the crew on my flight in a couple of weeks are going to let me buy anything um, off the buy on board menu, even if I'm up front. I mean, I know yes, they do. I can, I can 100% confirm that that is allowed really? um, because their business class champagne is so terrible that if I'm feeling flush in terms of frequent flyer miles, I will spend frequent flyer miles on the little half bottle of economy class champagne. Ah. Um, it's a Catier or a Panier or something rather than the um, Nicolas Fayette, which okay. I, I much prefer. And it's usually cold, unlike the business class one, which is sort of only as cold as the um, galley has been. Oh, okay, I'll take um, the tip. I'm I'm going to do that then on my upcoming flight. Yeah, a, a giant pile of Christmas sandwiches and Percy pigs. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so we look, we started touching on the full service side of things as well. Um, I think one of the one of the biggest things in recent years for me was when Qantas, you know, kind of went to that one big main course concept, um, which I kind of liked as a as an idea, but mm. also. It does cut down some of the food as in flight entertainment factor, right? If you just have one thing to unwrap and, and take the lid off, mm. that's less exciting, I, I feel, than the sort of 15 things to unwrap and take the lid off. Uh, what's your take on that? Yes, I'm, I'm 100% with you on that. Look, I, it's interesting because there's so many airlines doing, doing this or mimicking this service. Um, uh, so Qantas, Qantas started and then I think LATAM on flights over seven hours have started doing something similar. Condor, German airline Condor are using the, the, the same tray that LATAM are using uh, for their sort of pre-order meals. Um, I heard from friends that when it first launched at Qantas, the crew were complaining because they had to do a lot more work and their backs were hurting. Um, Wait, why? I mean, I, I would have, my assumption would have been that it's either less or the same, um, given that the, the tray is pre-done? How, what, yeah, was, what was going on? The whole sort of, apparently a lot more bending, getting up and down, a lot more handing out things. And it was, it was kind of, initially in the start, it was, it was a bit kind of messy. Hmm. I think that's kind of subsided now. Um, but look, they're not like Qantas kicked it off, I think, and don't quote me on this, but I know Saudia were working on something similar in economy class, and Eddie had also have that sort of same, you know, bigger main meal, less side dishes, less fresh options. The, the problem I have with the Eddie had concept is that I think they also um, used it as a as a cost cutting measure and removed probably too much food. And, um, you know, you don't really get any, any, anything sort of fresh, so to speak, to eat. Um, interestingly enough, in a couple of weeks, I'm flying Delta. And I think on the 5th of November, they launched a similar concept to what Qantas and, and Co are all doing in economy. Bigger main choice, better choice of um, main meal options in economy class. Welcome drinks or after, uh, after takeoff drinks, I should say. Uh, for economy class. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that works on Delta and I'm not doing it on the launch day. I decided to book the flight, I think, two days later. Just, I just kind of thought, well, there might be some, they might, they may delay it. I don't know. And it's better just to sort of go a few days later and see how it goes. 
Yeah, no, look, I, I was exactly the same way. Um, I actually just got back from Toronto on British Airways' new A350. Um, and I'm actually really glad that I didn't go on the first flight. Um, just because, you know, it's good to give it a give it a look once people have had a bit of time to for it to all settle in. Um, but yeah, look, I'm I'm fascinated. It's it's really interesting to see so much of the Virgin Atlantic cross pollinating up into Delta. Um, you know, in terms of that sort of welcome drink slash cocktail mocktail thing. Because what is it? Is it a, is it a do I remember rightly? Is it a Bellini they're doing? Yes, it's a. It's, I, and I believe it's a peach Bellini, and that item I think is served in Saudia's business class as a welcome drink. H- hang on, so. Saudia is it obviously can't be alcoholic if Saudia is serving it, right? No, 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 it's not a, it's not alcoholic. It's not right. alcoholic. And I'm not sure I'm not sure if um if it's it, I believe it's a peach bellini on Delta. It could be the same brand. Uh, the one on Saudia is definitely yeah, non-alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I I remember when Virgin Australia started doing their their signature mocktails. Um and they'd sort of walk around with the mocktail and then also like a little handful of miniatures of vodka um, in case you wanted to make your mocktail not quite so mocky. <laughs> oh, wow. Was this long haul or short haul? Uh, short haul business. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, was, which was pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm starting to find it really interesting how many airlines are really focusing on this mocktail concept. Um, not necessarily a, a, a pre-mixed one, um, but just in terms of, you know, encouraging people to to do do the wellness thing on the plane, to not drink quite as much. Um, so, I mean, Virgin Atlantic had some some really interesting ones when I was flying them recently. Um, British Airways was was fo- focusing on, and it's it's. I read a piece about this a couple of years ago, saying, look, there are some airlines that do this really well, right? So, Singapore Airlines, even in business class, they have a list on their drinks list of things that they can make for you from the um for the, you know, the, the standard drinks trolley, right? Your ginger ale, fruit juices, uh, seven up, right? Um, and there was there was one that I remember, which was a sort of tomato juice, orange juice, pineapple juice, and a spritz, Ooh. which was the most refreshing thing, right? Really? Well, yeah, yeah. Because if, if you think about it, um, don't forget, tomatoes and, and tomato juice are often eaten uh, as part of a fruit course, um, particularly in Chinese culture. Oh. So, it, yeah, if you go sort of sweet rather than savoury with the tomato juice, um yeah, I, I I found that really interesting and something I definitely wouldn't have thought to do before. Um, uh, so that's really cool. Of course, there's the signature Cafe Pacific Cafe Delight, that sort of milky, kiwi deliciousness, um, which I really like. Um, and I also saw coconut water on Cafe as well um, last year, which was which was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's fascinating to see that um, and to see um, how these how airlines are really trying to. Um, to to reduce the amount of stuff that people are uh, are drinking on board in terms of in terms of the booze factor. Yeah, it's funny. Um, you just actually reminded me of something I saw at the TFWA um, Expo in Cannes a couple of weeks ago. I came across this cocktail that was in a sachet or sort of like a little box, very thin, and the company was called Needs Ice Only, and they were telling me, and I didn't know this, and I haven't looked into it since. But now that we're just talking about cocktails, you, you just um, jogged my memory. They are, they're an Italian company, and he was telling me, and I said to him, oh, well, so what sort of airlines are you listed on? And he said, oh, we're in Air Italy in the business class. So basically, I, I'm not sure if this is, a, I think it's a great thing because airlines are reducing the weight of the galleys. So, you know, 
for fuel burn, better for the environment, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe you'd be able to load other things. But um, these are just pre-made um, cocktails. I haven't actually tried it yet. I've got to find it. But it was interesting to find, to see that this product in a box, like a wine kind of, you know, remember like the wine wine boxes? Are they still around? Well, like the, 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 the little ones in a Tetra Pak kind of thing? Like yes. a single serving mini box okay, of wine. Yes, okay. yeah, so something like, but even thinner, like super thin, like about one centimeter thick, and and it's this little clear plastic, um, one centimeter thick sort of box. And yeah, they're being served on elderly business class. And I said to him, "Well, it's quite amazing. You just chuck in some ice, and it's the perfect drink." And I sort of wonder how with all these airlines that have like what you were saying before having all these signature drinks will these guys kind of come up with something or you know will will we sort of start seeing more of these kind of um, drinks on board flights you know i think we will um i can't remember who it was but someone i was flying last year somewhere and they had a um, a, a signature drink of some form. And I was like, wow, do you guys mix that in the galley? And the flight attendant just sort of <laughs> picked up this large jug of it and was like, we <laughs> just certainly do not, sir. Here is the four-litre <laughs> jug that we pour hat out into a nice, uh, nice bowl. Um, but no, it's, it's, it, that, 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 I, I definitely think this is the future. Um, I, I'm thinking of the um, United Manhattan, um, for example, um, which is also uh, pretty popular. Is it Manhattan or is it old-fashioned? It's an old-fashioned. Um, um, yeah, and so, so it's, it's pre-mixed, so you don't have the sort of, you know, crunchy crystals of sugar at the bottom, all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, now this does, of course, raise the, the question of, um, are we putting little pots of plastic onto the plane that we then have to figure out some way to um, uh, properly recycle and or uh, treat responsibly? So let, let's talk about um, the environment, and, and particularly in terms of the of the footprints that, that aviation and, and catering in particular has on it. Mm. What's what's new here? What, what what are people talking about at the moment in, in this side of the industry? Look, I'm seeing a lot of companies that, you know, maybe 10 years ago weren't really sort of um, even considering, well, but let's talk about the airlines first, considering sort of bamboo was too expensive or, um, you know, um, suppliers in the industry who are now... Have, have sort of gone the other way and everything looking at what they can provide to airlines that's sort of sustainable because it's 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 something that everybody's looking at i mean look at what sq are doing out of um new york with the is it aero farms mm -hmm. uh, you know having having uh, sort of trying to be more sustainable not um and and, and obviously it, it's a fresher product but you know they they're saying that it's a more sustainable option for for the airline i mean i know Qantas had their you know their wasn't zero wastage flight because there was a little bit, but it was a, literally just a little bag of waste that they had from their flight and they recycled everything. And Etihad, was it Etihad that, you know, maybe not Etihad? Um, I think Etihad did do something like a zero plastics flight, as did High Fly. Yeah. That's right. Yes, they did too. And, and yes, that's correct. So look, I think we're going to see, especially because there's this movement now of, um, especially, you know, in Sweden with the whole, you know, um, they don't want people flying, take the train and, and ground transport's better and airlines are kind of the devil at the moment. So I think anything that they can do to help mitigate, um, to well, you know, not only to sort of offset all the, the bad press, but also to, 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 to be ambassadors and to do better things. Um, there's definitely a push, at least from the supply side, I'm seeing that I did, that, that I saw about 
five or six years ago at trade shows and no one was interested in looking at these people's products. And overnight, you've now got all these airlines jumping on the bandwagon. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a really good thing. Yeah, no, I, I fundamentally agree. Um, you know, I was uh, talking recently with the Airline Catering Association, which is a, a fairly new uh, grouping of the of, of the big name caterers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and they were looking a little bit askance at the new um, single use plastics regulation coming forward in the EU, um, because they're they're keen to be more responsible, right? They're keen to exchange a plastic cup for a paper cup. But the way that the laws are written at the moment, this, this forthcoming law, is that anything, even if you have a paper cup with a small coating of plastic, that is still a single-use plastic. Mm. Um, and, and that's really interesting, especially in the aviation context, where so much of the international waste has oh. to be either burned or yes. put into a certified landfill with, you know, for human health and biosecurity reasons and all that sort of thing. Um, it's it's really interesting to see, you know, I, I feel that there's perhaps not enough sympathy or not a lot of sympathy. I'm not sure whether enough is the right word. Um, certainly not a lot of sympathy for, for aviation in terms of, um, you know, well, has it, um, you know, does it have enough, um, uh, uh, you know, carve outs for its uh, for its environmental uh, credentials here. Um, mm. But, yeah, it was, it was really interesting to, to, to hear them talk about it and, and them say, look, you know, we... we we could do better, but but what you have to understand is that all of this stuff has to either be burned or put in certified landfills. You know, we're, it's not us killing the sea turtles with straws. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, um, which is look. It's I, I just want to sort of recognise that this is not the straws that are killing the sea turtles. It's the large amount of plastic netting, etc., etc., etc. But yeah, it's a, it's it's a, it was a really interesting discussion, um, and uh, and it, uh, as you say, when I was walking around. The IFSA Expo. Oh God, it was only last month. Um, it feels about like, three years ago uh, in Los Angeles. Um, I was really, really noticing how much of the onboard—not just the onboard catering, but the onboard blankets—how um, everything is really starting to look like people have thought about it mm. from an environmental impact point of view, um, and that's very reassuring in a way. Oh, for sure. I mean, about time too. I mean, if you think about. The amount of airlines, the amount of plastic that's being that blankets being wrapped in. I, I mean, I get hygiene reasons and stuff, but wasn't there an airline recently that decided to um, start wrapping the blankets in paper? Can't remember who that was. Yeah, yeah, there's been a couple of those. Yeah. So you know, like it's good, it's starting. So let's hope that more jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Nick, this has been a really interesting conversation. Uh, thank you very much for, for joining us. And listeners, we certainly hope you enjoyed it. Um, we're always keen to find out what you think. Please feel free to email me at john at runwaygirlnetwork.com with any suggestions. Thanks to our guest, Nick Lucas. Nick, where can folks continue the conversation with you online? They can follow me on Instagram at inflightfeed. And they can also drop me an email if they like, eat at inflightfeed.com. Fantastic. Well, as ever, you can find me on Twitter at ThatJohn and everything from RGN on Twitter at RunwayGirl and, of course, at RunwayGirlNetwork.com. If you're enjoying these conversations, please leave a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks for listening.